You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll explore how dreaming is essential to living by faith. Let's get started. Uh, we're in a series on Sunday morning called Dream. And that's the theme for 2016. That's what God is, is speaking uh, in 2016 for us and for you to dream, to dream. But how many of you know that it requires faith to dream? Amen. And so on Wednesday nights, we're going to be really getting into uh, this kind of companion series called The Faith to Dream. And the other reason that I'm really excited about it is because I, I mentioned a moment ago the survey results that, that we saw based on the surveys that many of you filled out. And what was interesting is the number one, when, when I raised the question of, hey, what are the areas that you want to grow in 2016 uh, spiritually? The number one response in that survey was, was faith. The number one thing that people said, this is the area where I really want to grow. I want to, I want to, I want to grow my faith. I want, to, I want to deepen my ability to be a person of faith. That was the number one response. Out of all of the surveys, the overwhelming response is faith. And so what I want to do during the month of January is I want to lead you through this series, uh, The Faith to Dream, because I understand why that's the number one response that we receive from people through the survey. And part of the reason that I understand it is because that's my own life and my own testimony. There's a, a story of, of really how I began to live by faith that I often tell. Uh, and and it, it started around when I was uh, graduating uh, from completing my Master's of Divinity. And I was sitting in the graduation exercise, and it was supposed to be a very festive, you know, happy day. My, my, my parents were there, and, and friends and other family were there to help cheer me on. And I was sitting in the commencement exercise, just walk, you know, waiting on them to call my name so that my role could get up and you know, march up to the stage and walk across the stage to get, to get the master's degree. But I'll never forget that I was, I was really sad that day. I was really sad, and I didn't quite understand why. And so when I was sitting in the commencement exercise, I began to talk to the Lord. And I said, God, you know, this should be a happy day. This should be an exciting time. But why do I feel sad? Maybe even a little depressed. I'm not quite sure. But why do I feel like this? And I'll never forget that the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly to me, as loudly and clearly as I'm communicating to you tonight. And here's what the Holy Spirit said. Holy Spirit said to me, he said, you feel this way because you've yet to begin to live by faith. I said, well, what, what do you mean? Holy Spirit said, everything that you've done up until this point in your life, it's been about you. You, you calculated it. You, you've done what you wanted to do. And, and while I was a believer, I wasn't really living by faith. And what was interesting about that was the moment the Holy Spirit said that to me, the moment I was convicted, and, and, and I just began to weep. And people were sitting around me, and they were kind of like, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, like, this is a great day. And I just began to weep because I had a, I had a sense in my spirit that God wanted to do more with me. But, but I had been living by kind of my standards and my way. And when the Holy Spirit said that you've yet to live by faith, I was so convicted because I recognized that that was the key. That was the barrier 
The issue between the life that I was living and the life that I had a sense that God wanted me to live. And I'm so passionate about teaching this to you all through this month of January because I really believe that, that you have that same sense too. I really believe that, 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 that you have a sense that, that there's something else that God is calling you to. That, 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 is, that is, it's like a wooing that you, that you sometimes can't even explain it to other people. But there's a pulling and a tugging at your heart because there's something more that you sense God wants you to embrace. But here's the thing. The reason I'm teaching this series called The Faith to Dream is because what I realized years ago is that faith was the missing key. That, that, that much of my life up until that point I've been trying to get through a door that wasn't open because I wasn't living by faith. And the moment that I really, and I did it in, in, in that commencement exercise, when the Holy Spirit said that to me, what I said after wiping the tears away was I said, God, I promise from this day forward that I will live by faith. I didn't really know what exactly that meant, but I committed to the Lord. and I said, okay, God, from this day forward, I'm going I'm to really live by faith. And I want to tell you this, every significant thing that God has done in my life goes back to that moment. Because the moment that I really began to live by faith is the moment that doors began to open. I mean, it was, it was weird how all of a sudden stuff just started happening. And every significant thing that God has done in my life, even to the point of being a part of this great church, has happened by faith. And so this series is called The Faith to Dream. Why? Because you can't dream without faith. And so, and so it's a companion to what we're dealing with on Sunday morning because God has literally called you to dream, particularly in this year. But if you're going to really dream, you've got to have the faith to dream. So we're starting this series called Faith to Dream because one of the greatest gifts that God has given you is the gift to dream, the ability to see in your mind, to, to, to think and to create uh, throughout the, the mental pictures that, that you will create in your mind. That, that is one of the greatest gifts that God has given you. And the reason that you and I have this gift is because God dreams. Did you know that? God dreams. The Bible tells us clearly that God dreams. As a matter of fact, when it talks about in Genesis, the beginning of the world and how God created it, what's clear is that God literally imagined dreamed the entire universe, then spoke it, and it was created. He, he thought it up before it actually became a reality. It was a dream in the mind of God. And then here's the thing. The Bible says in Genesis that we are created in the image of God. That's part of the reason why we ought to dream. As a matter of fact, that's why the word image is, is a part of the root word of imagine. Image, imagine. We were created in God's image. Part of what that means is that God is calling us to dream. As a matter of fact, you are most like God when you are dreaming, when you are creative. You are most like the creator. Why? Because everything starts with dreams. Nothing becomes a reality unless somebody first dreams it, thinks it up. This building, this building. The reality that we now know of this building or any other campus first started 
in the mind of someone else. Every great thing starts in the mind of someone else, meaning they have to dream it first. And so what I want to do in this series, and tonight is really just going to be an introduction, to just whet what, your appetite. And so as a matter of fact, I want you to hold on to, to this, this message outline and bring it back on next week and bring somebody else with you because we're not going to get through all of this tonight. I wanted to intentionally take the time to explain what we're going to do this year by way of our midweek services so that you know and so that you can help me spread the word to the rest of our great church and, and uh, even invite your friends because I know it's going to be a blessing. But I want to just kind of give you the intro tonight and, and we'll pick back up on next week with it. Is that all right? So what I want to do in this series is I want to show you the relationship between dreaming and faith. Because what I really want and what I really believe that God wants to do is to unlock your ability to dream like never before. And just like my life was changed when the Holy Spirit convicted me of the fact that I had yet to live by faith, this series and, and, and your willingness to dream was going to change your life. It's going to change the way that you think about your, your career, your family, your, your life, God, and everything else if you will make that decision to begin to really live by faith and to dream. So why? Why do we need the faith to dream, Pastor Van? Because number one, follow along with me in the notes. We'll get to a couple of these and we'll pick up with more of them on next week. Dreaming shapes your life. Dreaming, dreaming shapes your life, but make it personal. Dreaming shapes my life, meaning your willingness to dream or even your unwillingness to dream. Whatever you decide, if you're going to dream or if you decide not to dream, what you must understand is that either decision is going to shape your life. The way that you think, in other words, is going to affect the way that you feel, and the way that you feel will ultimately impact the way that you act. Because dreaming shapes your life. This is what God was talking about in Proverbs 23 and verse 7. When he says, for as a man uh, thinks in his heart, so is he. Other translations say, as a man a woman thinketh in their heart, so are they. What this scripture is teaching us is, is that here's what God is literally saying. Here's how I work um, in your life. It starts with your thoughts. It starts with your ability to dream, your ability to imagine. And, and as you think, it, it, affects, it starts with your thoughts, it affects your heart, and then it affects the way that you live. So your ability to dream is where it all starts. So for an example, for a person who says, oh, I can do this, or a person that says, no, I can't do that, they're both right. If you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Because as you think, so are you. There, there are individuals that I've heard oftentimes they say, I just, man, I can't even imagine that ever happening to me. Well, guess what? It never will. Because it all starts with the way that you think. I know individuals that have literally talked themselves out of some of the greatest blessings that God was trying to bring in their life because they just couldn't wrap their mind around it. Oh, I, oh no, not me. Who, me? Me? No. No, you just don't. No, that's not for me. No, it was for you. Your name was on it. But it, but, but it was sabotaged because you were not willing to dream. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. It, it's right there. 
Circle that. Circle that or underline that or highlight that. If you have something to write with, circle that. Your life is shaped, shaped by your thoughts. That how you think, your willingness to dream, your willingness to think small or large is shaping your life. So when I heard, when I heard God say dream, and that theme for 2016, when I, when I heard him say that, and, and he said it so clearly, it was, it was so interesting to me that, that God would speak that for you and for, for this church, that what I began to do is I just began to, to study all things dreams. I, I just started studying everything that the Bible said about it. I started um, looking at uh, great people in history. And, and one of the things that, I, that blew me away was that all of the significant people that did anything significant in history, they all did it on the backside of dreaming. And so I stumbled upon some significant things that great people that have done great things even said about dreaming. And I want to share some of them with you. Albert Einstein uh, said this. He said, imagination, talking about dreaming. He said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. There's no limit to imagination. The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge. Wow, but, but imagination. It says the true sign of intelligence is not how much you know, but whether or not you're willing to dream. Oh, that's so good. Um, George Bernard Shaw, great playwright. Here's what he said. He said, talking about dreaming, he said, imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire. You will what you imagine. Then you create what you will. It all starts with dreaming. Even C.S. Lewis, the great theologian and writer, he said, imagination is the organ of meaning. That, that everything starts with your ability to dream. Even Napoleon Bonaparte had something to say about dreaming. Here's what he said. He said, it's imagination that rules the world. Oh, that's so good. That, that the world is ruled by those who are willing to dream. I'll give you a couple of more. Blaise Pascal, the great uh, believer and mathematician and philosopher, he said, imagination decides everything. The, the decision for everything is going to be whether or not you dream. Here's a big one. William Arthur Ward, he said it like this. He said, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. And if you can, what? Dream it, you can become it. That's so good. That's so good. That if you can't dream it, you can't have it. That's so good. And, and then one of my favorites uh, is the great theologian George Lucas. That was a joke. The creator of Star Wars. He said, he said you can't do it unless you imagine it. I love that. I, I sent out um, a, a tweet picture of my family. Like, like we were so into Star Wars, still are. We got dressed up for Star Wars. You know, we got dressed up. I was Yoda. Uh, my, my wife was Queen Amidala. Uh, Eden was Princess Leia. And uh, Ethan just went left. He was Bubba Fett. And so, you know, he, he just, I don't know, he d d does his own thing. But we got dressed up, you know, to go to see Star Wars. In fact, my kids want me to take them back. But one of the things that, that I love about it is not just how entertaining it is, but, but the history behind it is, is that when George Lucas uh, wanted to make the movie, nobody believed that it would even make sense or that he could make it because a lot of the technology that he needed to make the movie didn't exist. So guess what? He created it. So, so everything, particularly with those original Star Wars films, everything that he did, he did out of his dreams. 
That he had, a, he had a dream and a concept and ideas and imagination. And even when people said, oh, that'll never work. Because nobody could, nobody, they were not even doing film like that. He says, well, I'll create it. What's the point? Dreaming is that important. It shapes your life. Dreaming is, is so important and so powerful that God actually warned us in his word about the misuse of it. I want to show you something in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6 when God is dealing with uh, the Tower of Babel and the people that wanted to build the Tower of Babel. Uh, God warns uh, individuals around this Tower of Babel because what they were basically building at the time was a giant tower and it was, it was an idol. And their desire was to, to build this giant tower that would ultimately reach up to God. And here is what God says in Genesis eleven six about the power of dreaming and having uh, imagination. God said, it says here, Then the Lord said, Now that they are one people speaking one language, this is only the beginning of what they will do. Now nothing they have imagined they can do will be what? Impossible for them. God says, Because they are one people, with one language, because they're unified and they got clear communication, he says, nothing that they've imagined will be impossible for them. Now, this is a warning. We know that God ultimately confuses their language so that, so that they don't have uh, the ability to continue building the tower. So it's a warning here, but there's a lesson within the warning. And the lesson is this. It doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a teacher, if you're a banker, it doesn't matter what field you're in. If you look at this, God gives us the recipe of how to get a group of people to actually do the impossible. How do you, how do you get a group of people to do the impossible? God says what you really need right here in Genesis 11:6 are three things. You need, you need cooperation, you need communication, and you need people who are willing to dream. So how do you do the impossible? As long as there's cooperation, as long as there's communication, and as long as people are willing to dream, nothing will be impossible. Oh, that's so good. Teach Pastor Van. I think I'm doing it. Let me give you the second thing. Why, why do you need the faith to dream? Because number two, and I'll stop right here, dreaming is essential to living by faith. Dreaming is essential to living by faith. In fact, you cannot live by faith without dreaming, without using your imagination. Why? Because you can't see God. You, you, can't, you, can't, see, you can't see the hand of God, even though God is extremely busy. The only way that you can tap into what God is doing is that you've got to dream. You have to use your imagination. That, that's how you begin to practice your faith. This is why Hebrews 11 has kind of the hall of fame of, of, of faith heroes. It's, it's, it's got a list of all of these people, great men and women of our faith, uh, that, are, that are kind of in God's hall of fame of faith because all of these individuals um, dreamed. They, 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 they lived by faith, and you see it in their story, they, they dreamed. But even before you get to them, when you start off in Hebrews 11.1, what Hebrews 11.1 1 does is it gives us the, the definition of faith. And, and I want us to read this together, if you don't mind. Our media team will put it up on the screen because this is, this is so important. Let's see if we can read this together. Let's read it together. What is faith? It is the confident assurance 
that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Now, I wanted, I wanted us to read that version, that translation together, because I want you to notice a couple of things. I want you to notice out of this scripture that, number one, faith is, faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of seeing. Derby, I want you to stay with me. Don't, 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 don't forget this. Faith is a way of seeing. Look at someone around you, Bessemer and Derby. Just look at someone and tell them, faith is a way of seeing. Tell them, faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of seeing. So, so God, gave, God gave every human being two ways to see. You can see with your physical eyes. Yeah. But when you can't see something in your, with your physical eyes, you have another way of seeing, and that's by way of your mind, by way of dreaming. That's tapping into faith. Faith is a way of seeing. That even when you can't see it in your eyes, just like I described earlier, because I knew that something was wooing me, I knew that there was something there, even though I couldn't see it. Even though sometimes you can't explain it, but you know. And so, why? Because, because faith is a way of seeing. But then the other thing is, this verse teaches us that faith is the evidence of things that we cannot yet see. When, when, when lawyers are a practice in law. We've got some great lawyers that are part of our church, but when they practice in law, the, 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 uh, the ability for them to build a strong case is contingent upon the evidence. And so, so faith is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Meaning, I have the evidence. What's the evidence? I have, I have the proof of God's word. I know that he, he cannot lie. I know that his word will never return void. That's my evidence. It's evidence that's pushing me to know that there's something beyond what I can physically see. But the only way then that you tap into it is that you've got to dream. You've literally got to dream. That's, that's how you begin to exercise your faith. I'll give you an example. My, my kids around Christmas time, they were so excited, you know, and it's, it's a joy when you have children, particularly, you know, around Christmas because, because you begin to kind of you know, experience uh, Christmas afresh uh, through them. And, and so we had gifts, you know, uh, a few gifts around the tree, and they were wrapped. And so obviously they couldn't see through the wrapping paper and into the box. But I, I would catch them several times kind of walking around the tree. And when they would see stuff with their name on it, they, you know, sometimes would pick it up and shake it and or just stare at it. And several times they said, they said, Dad, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. Ethan was like, Ethan was like, Dad, that, that, that's, that's the Kylo Ren lightsaber. That, that, I know what that is, Dad. Now, he can't see it. He can't see it. You missed it. He can't see it, but, but, but through the gift of dreaming, he's, he's like, oh, I, I, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. And even, even when he opened some of it, you know, he's like, I, see, I knew, I knew, I knew, Dad. I knew, I knew. How did he know? He dreamed it. That's, that's, that's how you begin to exercise your faith. And, and this, this notion of dreaming, it's a tool that God has given us so that we can walk with him. When, when you read Hebrews 11, and you read about all of those individuals, Abraham and Moses and others, Deborah and Barak. I mean, all of these faith heroes, they walk with God because they were dreaming. They were willing to dream. God, God says to Abraham at 75, 
I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And then, and then along that journey, he comes back and says, hey, and by the way, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham literally means father, father of, of many, a father of a great nation. Now, it took 25 years for Abraham to receive that promise in Isaac. So can you imagine Abraham and Sarah going to get something to eat? They walk into a restaurant back in that day and say, table for two, please. And they say, okay, uh, uh, what, name for the reserva- what name for the reservation? And they say, uh, he, he says, uh, Abraham, thank you. Oh, father of, of a great nation, because names denoted nature. Father of a great nation. Oh, wow. How many kids do you have? None. Not yet. But what does he have to do? Every time he says, my name is Abraham, God is forcing him to dream. See, this is why later on, God comes along, long before Isaac, and and God says, Abraham, come here. I want you to go outside, and I want you to look up. I want you to look up at the stars in the sky. He said, and and if you can count that high, so shall your offspring be. What what is God saying? If, If you can dream it, if you can tap into your faith, and begin to see that my, my purpose for you is not for you to be barren the rest of your life. Ooh, I feel that in the Holy Spirit. My, my purpose is not, is not for you to be old and for you to not produce a promise, but, 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 but you, you got you to gotta dream. See, somebody ought to be looking around saying, God, I see something beyond this. I may be labeled something, but I know that you have something else for me. Let me, let me show you this last verse, and I'm going to stop here so that we can stay within our time frame. We try to be very considerate of your time. Look at this last thing. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. I just want to show you how important dreaming is to your faith. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 says this, we set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. What what does this verse mean? It means that the material is temporal. It's not going to last. But the immaterial, it's eternal. So, for instance, you know, many people, whether you're here at Bessemer or you're watching uh, from Derby or you're online, you may be able to see parts of this podium, this, this, this wooden podium. This is material. But guess what? Over time, this material won't last. It will decay. It will fall apart. It, it's, it's material, and anything material is not going to last. But on the other hand, you can't see the Father. You can't see the Son can't see the Holy Spirit, but they're more real than this podium, and they will last forever. So what the Bible is saying is that what you've got to focus on more is that which you cannot see. How do you do that? You dream. You dream. That's when your faith becomes active. Hmm. So this notion of dream is not just, oh, I want another car. No, God's got something better than that. Ooh, he's got something bigger than that. This is the conduit. This is, this is the vehicle through which you tap into that which is more real than what you see. This is why you all never lose your mind over what you see. Man, I wish I had time. Because there's something bigger than that that God wants you to tap into. 
We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.